Did you know that you can help us produce new seasons of our podcasts and audio series? At Studio Chenta, we just launched a new series of audiobooks based on our podcasts, and they're currently for sale. There are many titles available from romantic comedy to horror, true crime, communication and linguistics, food and lifestyle, migration stories, and much, much more. Available in Spanish, English, Italian, and French. Check out our full catalog at ochentestudio.com slash audiobooks. And find the titles on apps like Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobook app. Thank you so much for supporting our work. So when you eat pineapple, it's actually eating you back. Hi, this is Kiona. And this is Luis. And we're your hosts of How Not to Travel podcast season three. Fasten your seatbelts and take your seat at the table. And this season, we're traveling around the world from our dinner table to see how cultural exchange contributed to some of the world's most famous foods. This week... Hawaiian pizza. Okay, Luis, this episode is about murder, colonization, and allergies. That sounds dramatic. We are going to be discussing, is Hawaiian pizza really Hawaiian? And the equally important question, does pineapple belong on pizza? But we'll get into that later. Oh, wow. So we're, we're starting straight with the controversial question, <laughs> right? Yes. Okay, so I hate pineapples on pizza. I don't know why anyone would put sweet citrus juice on already citrus tomato. I don't understand it. Okay, so before we continue, if you like pineapple on pizza, please continue to listen. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't tune out. So, so yes, please let me know why it's not Hawaiian. I could kind of imagine it. It sounded a little bit too like someone just thought, putting a pineapple on something automatically makes it Hawaiian. Yeah. But I didn't know for sure. So I'd love to know more about that story. Okay. Well, this takes us all the way back in time to when someone brought pineapples to Hawaii. Someone brought pineapples to Hawaii. So they're not native to Hawaii. Exactly. Pineapples oh. are not indigenous to the island. Huh. Okay. So, so where did it come from? It's actually not even part of the indigenous diet. The majority of my native Hawaiian friends are allergic to pineapple. And that is why they say Hawaiian pizza is not actually Hawaiian. So many questions. <laughs> wow. How, how did this all happen then? I mean, I'm intrigued. So pineapples are actually endemic to South America. Probably Brazil is the first place as a scientific word for pineapple is ananas, which is a Tupi word. And the Tupi are an indigenous tribe of Brazil. That makes sense because like a lot of languages have the word or a form of the word ananas as pineapple, right? And in fact, there's a Hawaiian word for pineapple, which is hala kahiki. Hala is another fruit and kahiki is foreign. So it means a foreign fruit that resembles hala. Oh, do, do you know what hala is? It's actually a plant that is not edible, but it just looks like a pineapple. So literally all Hawaiians know just based off language that this fruit is not from here. So then the word for pineapple just means this fruit that looks like this other fruit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of ironic because in Spanish, of course, we have piña. And if I'm not mistaken, it's because it looks like pine cone. Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. did, did I steal a fact from you? No, okay. <laughs> I actually was not even going to cover that. But that is exactly why it's called a piña. Yeah. So I love that like Hawaiian word for pineapple comes from it looking like something else. 
but then Spanish word for pineapple also comes from it looking like something else. Yes, exactly. And actually, <laughs> it's the Spanish who travels with the pineapple from Brazil to Europe. And I'm sure it was like exotic to them. Yes, Europeans go crazy over it. Royals are gifting each other pineapples and growing their own pineapple, I guess, greenhouses. And they even have rivalries over them. This was like the original royal hipster trend of like, you haven't been into pineapples yet. You know? Yeah, like, are you not growing a pineapple in your greenhouse? Like, who are you, you peasant? <laughs> okay. So I imagine that they weren't like easily accessible to many people. Exactly. So you know it takes almost three or four years to completely grow one pineapple from planting to harvest? Three to four years? Yes. One single pineapple? Yes. Wow. So these things were mad expensive, costing around $8,000 in today's dollars. $8,000? For one pineapple. A single pineapple? People weren't even eating them. Oh, they didn't even want them for that? No, they were displaying them, like, as decoration. So they were just, like, very fancy natural artwork or sculptures or furniture or something. And people made whole sculptures. They created architecture around the shape of the pineapple. Like, it was a huge craze. This is so intriguing. Like, why would people do that and then not even eat it? Although, I guess if you eat it, then that's the end of it, right? So maybe, right. maybe they held on to it a little longer, but it still goes bad, right? So, right. So, so the European aristocracy wasn't even bothering to eat them. Like they didn't even know they could be eaten. They just sort of like- Displayed them. Displayed them and, you know, showed them off. Wait a minute, were pineapples the first NFTs? Maybe. Yeah, like you don't really consume them. You just You just buy own them, them and yeah. <laughs> brag to everyone else that you own them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was actually ship captains who discovered that the pineapple was packed with nutrients and prevented scurvy, so they became highly in demand at ports. So actually, did you know that pineapple is the only source in nature of the enzyme bromelain? And bromelain actually digests proteins. So when you eat pineapple, it's actually eating you back. Yes, Kiona's right. Did you know that that annoying feeling on your tongue after eating pineapple happens because the pineapple is trying to eat you? So pineapples have bromelain, a chemical that breaks down proteins. And when you eat pineapple, that's exactly what it starts doing to your tongue. It doesn't actually harm you, but it often leaves you with this stinging sensation that we know all too well. The best and arguably most delicious way to counter this is to pair the pineapple with a creamy dairy product, such as yogurt or ice cream. That way, you balance the pH and you give the pineapple another protein to nibble on first. Having it in high demand in ports was actually how it makes its way to Hawaii. It was the sailors who originally said, wait, we can actually eat this and this is healthy. Yes, and remember, piña is Spanish, and it was the Spanish sailors in the 1500s who later became friends with King Kamehameha the Great who brought it to Hawaii. Oh, okay. So it was by way of the Spanish that it eventually arrived in Hawaii? Yes. But here is where our story takes an ugly turn. 
So Europeans start arriving to the Hawaiian islands, bringing with them disease and ends up wiping out 80% of the native population. Sound familiar? Of course. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's also what happened in all, a lot of Mexico and throughout Latin America, if I'm not mistaken, with exactly. indigenous populations. Yep. And then Hawaii starts land reforms, allowing foreigners to buy large plots of land for agriculture production because the population declined and they had to make money somehow. Right. Then from there, they started importing Asian and Puerto Rican and Portuguese servants and use indigenous labor to toil the grounds. But it actually wasn't pineapple. It was sugar that took over the land. And then Hawaii started actually depending on sugar production. Right. Like as an economy, you mean? Yes. Okay. So Hawaii's economy fully turned into a market economy, you know, globalization before it was fully sustaining itself. But now it became a global powerhouse. Okay. And... The economy completely depended on sugar production, which gave foreign landowners a lot of power. Well, these landforms brought the devil, I mean Dole, James <laughs> Dole. So James Dole acquires 64 acres of land and starts planting pineapple. That's why the name Dole is so associated with pineapple. Yes, right? I was just about to ask you that. So have you seen Dole in the grocery store? Of course, yeah. And like canned pineapples and I don't know, they probably sell other fruits, if I remember correctly. Yes. Well, you will never see Dole the same again after this story. Uh-oh. So, What's going to happen? Yeah. Dole ups the pineapple game, replaces manual labor with machine labor. Okay. So peeling and cutting pineapple with machinery. Then he turns to marketing and starts creating and marketing recipes using pineapples and places them in women's ads and cookbooks. So a sort of like pineapple craze going on, making people buy pineapple and try them and add them to everything. Exactly. So the demand for pineapple rolls. So then the Dole family purchased an entire island in Hawaii. It's called Lanai. And it, it was just for the exclusive rights to grow pineapple there. The whole island is specifically dedicated to growing pineapples. Yes. And all of this led to the illegal takeover of Hawaii and pointing a gun to the Queen of Hawaii's palace, demanding she get the hell out of her own kingdom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. So things escalated <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> I was not ready for that. I had heard about the takeover of Hawaii, but I didn't know it actually was related to the pineapple industry or had to do with that. Yeah, so it's a really common phrase back home where they say, Dole stole Hawaii. The Dole family grew so large in power and money that they got into politics. And, well, in 1893, a group of 13 white businessmen staged a coup. Okay. A U.S. warship, without the U.S. president's approval, arrived in Honolulu Harbor and disposed of the queen and instituted a new government. So this wasn't even with presidential approval. They just decided to do it. They made some back-ended deal with some military guys and had them send a warship and pointed at the queen's palace and the queen did not want her people to die nor did she want to die and so she retired to her um home and these men took over so these guys didn't only stage a coup and of course took over hawaii but they also i guess betrayed the u.s armed forces yes president cleveland who was the president at of the U.S. at the time, criticized this abuse of power and the involvement of American troops. But at the same time, he didn't really do anything about it. Congress didn't move to stop it. Slapped them on the wrist, basically? Yeah, he was like, this is wrong, and then did nothing. And guess who was the president of this new government? Who was? Stanford Dole. Yeah, so that's why they say Dole stole. 
So, yeah, the pineapple family established themselves as leaders. Annexing Hawaii would mean they would eliminate the foreign import tax on pineapples, and that would cause them to make even more money. And on top of that, this new government prevented most Hawaiians and all Asians from voting. And that's why they say it it was completely illegal to annex Hawaii to the United States. The people, original people of the lands, weren't even allowed to vote for this. This is terrible. It is. Hawaiians still to this day acknowledge their own sovereignty and do not claim to be part of the United States, but rather their own country with their own culture, language, religion, lifeways, histories, all of the above. Of course. But but wait a minute. So this is all about the pineapple, right? But what about pineapple on pizza then? Yeah, so it actually gets quite random. Okay. Hawaiian pizza was created in 1962 by a Greek immigrant in Canada. Did you know that the inventor of Hawaiian pizza remained largely uncredited for most of his life? Mr. Sotirios Panopoulos, who was better known as Sam, immigrated to Canada from Greece in 1954 at the age of 20. He and his brother opened a restaurant in Chatham, Ontario, and in 1962, he created the now world-famous dish, which his customers apparently didn't like at first, but slowly grew to love the sweet and sour combination. However, he hadn't really been properly credited for the invention until someone attributed it to him on his Wikipedia page in 2009. When Mr. Panopoulos died in 2017, at the age of 82, Pizza Hut locations in the UK decided to honor his legacy by handing out free Hawaiian pizzas to celebrate the man they had dubbed Lord of the Pineapples. This was a direct result of the Hawaiian Islands illegally becoming a state in 1959. Uh-huh. And everyone was in love with Hawaiian culture, just thought it was so exotic. So three years later, by the time it gets to this Greek immigrant, the brand of the canned pineapples that were imported were called Hawaiian, hence Hawaiian pizza. Okay, so the pineapples were labeled as Hawaiian, yes. I guess because they were grown there and, and yes. sent everywhere around the world. And that's why... He made this association. So Hawaiian pizza is in fact not Hawaiian, nor pineapple for that matter. But if it wasn't for the Italians and their pizza, a Greek man living in Canada, the Spanish who brought the pineapple to Hawaii, and the American and English people taking over the island, and the indigenous people being robbed of their land, we would not have Hawaiian pizza. One thing that I still want to maybe know a little bit more about is How come the Hawaiian pizza that this Greek guy made in Canada becomes so popular? I wonder if it has to do with what you were saying about pineapple being seen as this very exotic fruit. And since it was made in the 60s, I I wonder if it sort of was made at the right time for it to be such a sensation worldwide. Yeah, so during the 60s, you know, Hawaii had just been added as a state. And so it allowed Americans to travel there without a visa or anything. Like, you didn't need a passport to go. So people were going crazy going to Hawaii. I mean, that's when you see the rise of surf culture. You see the rise of surf rock and roll, skate culture, the 70s come up, the hippies. So Hawaii had a moment. It was like a global trend and. That is where the globalization of Hawaiian pizza came from. To be honest, Hawaiian pizza has never really been my favorite flavor, but I've always been the type that 
if that's what there is at a party, I'll have it. I guess it's okay. But, you know, now I think I'm less of a fan. Yeah, I mean, you know how I feel about it. I already don't think it tastes good. Did you know that there's a place in Hawaii where you can actually get, quote, real Hawaiian pizza? So by now we're all aware that the Hawaiian pizza we know isn't actually from Hawaii. But a few pizzerias in the islands have reclaimed the recipe by making it with local ingredients. For example, Flatbread Company on Maui Island makes their take on this classic by switching the ham for Kalua pork, a popular dish that's traditionally slow-cooked and gives the meat a super soft texture and smoky flavor. Another pizzeria, Longboard Legends on Hawaii Island, makes their dough with taro flour, a native ingredient. And both versions include Hawaiian-grown pineapples. So we're about to have our favorite food of the season. All right, let's dig in. I'm putting chili peppers on it to mask the taste. Yeah. This is such a big... <laughs> piece of piece of my mouth. Okay, so I'm just going to go on a limb and say maybe this food just shouldn't have been created. Like, I'm not really sure it was worth it. It's okay at best, I guess. Yeah, and like the way that all the cultures mixed, it just wasn't a vibe. So you are most definitely not a fan of Hawaiian pizza, but do you like pineapple on anything in particular? Yes, I love pineapple on tacos al pastor. Oh yeah, that can be very good. Which I'm sure has its own story completely. Maybe for season two. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to explore that. And that's it for this episode. If you're still hungry for more, stick around and listen to our other episodes this season. How Not to Travel is produced by Studio Ochenta and hosted by Dr. Kiona and me, Luis Lopez. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Production and sound design by me and Chiara Sandella. Our production coordinator is Catalina H. Vélez. And our social media manager is Sofia Rodríguez. You can follow us on Instagram at How Not to Travel Pod and at Ochenta Podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at Ochenta Podcasts and on TikTok at Studio Ochenta. Read more about the show and about our other productions on our website, ochentastudio.com. Thanks for listening y buen provecho. Ochenta.